As conscious creators and just plain old human beings on planet Earth, to me it's fairly obvious that one of the biggest fears that we have is the fear of failure. Sometimes it can be really challenging to even dream big because our fear of failure holds us back so deeply. And here's the thing. It's pretty incredible how many of us will hold ourselves back from achieving those dreams that we have in our imagination from actually swinging with full force, from actually taking it all the way, uh, from actually not just thinking of it, but thinking from it, from persisting in the end goal, from seeing it through because of this very fear of failure. Just like every other topic covered by Neville, Neville Goddard has such a wonderful way of describing failure, why we fail, can we even fail, in a variety of contexts. So I wanted to take this time to address it, address this topic from a Neville perspective. So let's start. As a part of his 1948 lessons, in lesson four, No One to Change But Self, Neville says, because consciousness is the only reality, I must assume that I am already that which I desire to be. If I do not believe that I am already what I want to be, then I remain as I am and die in this limitation. Man is always looking for some prop on which to lean. He is always looking for some excuse to justify failure. This revelation gives man no excuse for failure. His concept of himself is the cause of all circumstances of his life. All changes must first come from within himself. And if he does not change on the outside, it is because he has not changed within. But man does not like to feel that he is solely responsible for the conditions of his life. So this passage essentially says that not believing that consciousness is the only reality and that the cause is from within and not realizing that it's the lack of belief that we are who we want to be is the root of failure, is the cause of failure, is why we fail in the first place. We look for excuses to justify our failure, but there isn't one because we are the only ones who can actually fail. If consciousness is the only reality, all I have to do is assume that I am already that which I desire to be. And I assume that in my consciousness, knowing that I am the operant power. So that's the reason people fail, is that all changes must first come from within myself. And if I don't change on the outside, it's only because I haven't changed from within. In the same lecture, he continues, If you look for excuses for failure, you will always find them, for you find what you seek. If you seek an excuse for failure, you will find it in the stars, in the numbers, in the teacup, or most any place. The excuse will not be there, but you will find it to justify your failure. So here he's saying, just as, you know, we've learned that our assumptions harden into fact, he's saying that our excuses, if we look for them, will be hardened assumptions, 
right there staring at us in the form of astrology or, you know, teacup readings or, um, I don't know, someone else in the news telling you why you're a victim. You're going to find those excuses if you look for them and if you assume they're there. The excuse actually doesn't exist, but you will find it to justify your failure if that's what you're assuming that you are a failure. I don't know about you, but that definitely gives me reason to stop looking for excuses, both internally and externally, for why this might fail. Because they will harden into reality. In his 1969 lecture, God's Plan of Redemption, Neville says, How many people today can pinpoint their success or failure to their imagination? The average man will say, John Brown did it, or the storm, or the president. Only a few will confess that their success or failure was created in their imagination. But I will tell you, Christ in you creates your life. For you are all imagination, and your imagination can be used for good or evil. When you think of God as a man of imagination, you are recognizing the power behind the mask God wears. Rather than giving credit to the mask, praise the wearer, who is Christ. It is Christ who erupts from within us. It is Christ who comes out of the skull of the mask he wears. Christ is the one who bears the name I am, which is what the words Jesus, Joshua, and Jehovah really mean. It's a call for us not to be an average man. Let's not blame, you know, uh, the storms, the weather, the president. I know it's hard sometimes, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, you know, if we can refrain from pinpointing our successes or failures to something outside of the cause, the one cause, our imagination, then we will remember who we really are a lot more effectively and we're able to like make the changes in our lives that we need to make. Point to the real cause. And personally, I've actually found the more I practice this, the more I'm able to identify the root in my imagination of a particular circumstance, event, or human being that I'm experiencing in my 3D reality. Later in the lecture, he continues about failure. A man who, although finding it difficult to pay rent, buy food, and clothe his family, discovers he created this fabulous universe. That's the incredible story which every child born of woman is destined to fulfill. The creator of this world and all within it so loved you, he became you, bringing with him his plan of redemption, which will erupt to reveal you as God, the Father. I am convinced that not one will fail. A warning is given in many passages of scripture that one must be watchful and not turn back but there is no mention of an ultimate failure. I think this is pretty cool. This means that he truly felt a very optimistic perspective. He felt a very optimistic emotion when he thought about the children of God discovering who they are. I mean, if this is our path and this is our whole reason for being here, we will fulfill scripture one way or another in one lifetime or the other. So ultimately there's no failure. That helps me rest in peace a little bit. Um, that at the end of the day, I'm fulfilling scripture just by acknowledging that I created this and trying my best to create a better life circumstance and really discover who I am. It's not a failure to forget, 
but it's certainly fulfilling scripture and a success to remember. In his 1954 lecture, Three Propositions, Neville says, man does not realize that he is talking because he is never still enough to listen to the voice speaking within himself. But inwardly, he is whispering what outwardly is taking place as conditions and circumstances. Most of the things he whispers are negative in justifying his behavior. There is no need to justify. He is excusing delay or excusing failure. He is arguing or he is judging harshly or he is condemning. Many of us have secret affection for hurts. We don't want to be liked by certain people. We just wouldn't like it if they liked us. We just don't want certain things to take place in our world, even though they may bring a greater comfort and a greater satisfaction. Man has a peculiar strange feeling, a little affection for the feeling of being unwanted or the feeling of being hurt, and he likes to talk about it. Well, try to pull that man out of that habitual state. I'm not gonna lie to you, this definitely struck a chord with me. There's been many a time where I have almost, you know, enjoyed a sense of sadness and really stewed in a sense of misery and not looked to greater and better ways of thinking because there was a secret affection I had for this nursing my wounds, for this failure. And so I, you know, if you can relate to this passage, I think it's important that we can pull ourselves out of the state by remembering that it's better to be liked it's better to be successful. It's better to have greater comfort and a greater satisfaction. It's better to know who we really are. The little temporary comforts of licking our wounds certainly doesn't compare. He continues in the same lecture about failure. So no one here this morning, in fact, no one coming here through the year should ever allow himself to blame another, ever allow himself to justify failure for he is only betraying his own lack of the use of this law. Anyone that you listen to who is complaining of a third party, he has no idea how he is betraying himself. He is telling you of his own unwashed dishes within himself, but he doesn't know it. He thinks it is in the one that he is now judging, but as he talks to you, listen attentively and see what must be washed within him and you aid him. In your mind's eye, rewrite that script that you heard and when you leave him, just imagine you heard a more lovely conversation than the one you did here. Just rewrite it for him and in some strange way, lift him up within you. For that's your task, it's my task. It's pretty fascinating. He's saying here, don't let yourself justify failure by blaming something on a third party. Don't let yourself even allow someone else to do that. Correct the root cause of this particular hurt, pain, negative circumstance for, and perceived failure by going within your consciousness and changing that for the person that's speaking to you. At the end of the day, everyone's you pushed out. So if he's telling you about his failures, that's coming from within you. And it's up to us to remove the roots when we see them, when we see that they've bloomed in our reality. In his 1969 lecture, The Artist is God, Neville says this about failure. Choose an image you would like to express, feel you are that image, so appropriate it that it must come forth in your world of shadows. Do that and you are praying, 
for prayer is your own wonderful human imagination drenched with feeling. I could tell you story after story after story of those who have drenched themselves with the feeling of having their desire and getting it. Feel the wedding ring if that's your desire. Feel the thrill of applause or the joy of a child in your arms. Anything is possible if you can feel it. But if you are going to use reason, it will never happen. Because failure becomes your image. This is pretty interesting because what he's saying here is that reason and logic are our worst enemies when it comes to fulfilling the wishes in our minds through prayer and through imagination, right? As soon as you yield to reason and logic, it will never happen because you will find ways to limit the image in your mind from coming to fruition. Throw away logic and reasoning and the world is your oyster and things will open up in many different ways. But reason and logic definitely limits us and I've definitely experienced that in my life. He continues on failure. What is your deep conviction tonight? What is the true image you believe yourself to be? Is it that you are a failure or a success? If you believe the headlines of the paper, you will be frightened for they thrive on crisis. Do you know there are people who only write headlines? Good news, they always put on the 10th page, but if the news is frightening, it'll find front page print. Our boys are on their way to the moon tonight. Their trip made the first page today, but if something violent happens tomorrow, the violent act will get the headlines and not our exciting trip to the moon. Ignore the headlines and remain faithful to your image. What do you really want? Don't try to tell me it's going to be difficult because your very words block its fulfillment. Can you believe all things are possible to God? No one would have bet one nickel on me when I left the little island of Barbados at age of 17, having voiced a desire to be a minister of the word of God. How fascinating. He had this lecture on July 19, 1969, and the next day was the moon landing. Obviously a very historic success. And if you think about the moon landing, there were probably plenty of people that didn't believe it was possible. But some consciousness out there had to believe and imagine that this was possible and believe in it despite others in their 3D reality telling them it wasn't. Pretty cool of a story as an example of success in the face of probably a lot of eyebrow raising, right? Neville reiterates the same lesson when he talks about how when he left the little island of Barbados having voiced a desire to be a minister of the word of God, no one else believed him, but that didn't matter. In his radio talk at station KECA in Los Angeles in 1951, Neville said, Meditation is an activity of the soul. It is an active virtue. And an active virtue, as distinguished from passive acceptance of a code, is theatrical. It is dramatic. It is the wearing of a mask. As your goal is accepted, you become totally indifferent to possible failure. For acceptance of the end wills the mean to the end. When you emerge from the moment of meditation, it is as though you were shown the happy end of a play in which you are the principal actor. Having witnessed the end in your meditation, Regardless of any anticlimactic state you encounter, 
you remain calm and secure in the knowledge that the end has been perfectly defined. So what he's saying here, as far as my perception of it and my perspective, is that when you go into meditation and think of the end, you must become indifferent to possible failure because you've already defined the end. So once you've defined the end and imagined the end, it has to come to pass. There is no failure. So you can really circumvent the possibility of failure by just living in the end. And it makes a lot of sense when he puts it like that, doesn't it? In that same radio talk, he said about failure, Recently, I asked a very successful businessman his formula for success. He laughed and was a little embarrassed. Then he replied, I guess it's just because I can't conceive of failure. It's nothing that I think about much. It's more of a feeling that I have. His statement coincided completely with my own beliefs and experiments. We can think about something forever and never see it in our world. But once let us feel its reality and we are bound to encounter it. The more intensely we feel, the sooner we will encounter it. We all regard feelings far too much as effects and not sufficiently as causes of the events of the day. Feeling is not only the result of our conditions of life, it is also the creator of those conditions. We say we are happy because we are well, not realizing that the process will work equally well in the reverse direction. We are well because we are happy. We are all far too undisciplined in our feelings. To be joyful for another is to bless ourselves as well as him. To be angry with another is to punish ourselves for his fault. So when he asked that businessman for his success, he wasn't surprised uh, when that businessman said he just doesn't think about failure. He doesn't think about failure and he just feels that he will be successful. He just feels he'll be successful no matter what and he doesn't really think about it. And that's a beautiful way to live, just knowing deep down in your being that you will be successful. In his 1955 lecture, Mental Diets, Neville says, Everything in the world bears witness of the use or misuse of man's inner talking. Negative inner talking, particularly evil and envious inner talking, are the breeding ground of the future battlefields and penitentiaries of the world. Through habit, man has developed the secret affection for these negative inner conversations. Through them, he justifies failure, criticizes his neighbors, gloats over the distress of others, and in general, pours out his venom on all. Such misuse of the word perpetuates the violence of the world. So he's saying again that it's our affection for negative inner talking that justifies our failure, that is the cause of our failure. I guess it's time to ask ourselves, what are we talking about when we talk to ourselves on our daily basis? What excuses are we giving to justify our failures? And who are we blaming for our failures, even though we now know that we are the cause? In his 1966 lecture, Christ and Man, Neville says, Scripture tells us there are two things which God finds impossible to forgive. The first is our failure to believe that I am He. And the second is the eating of the tree of good and evil. Man's unwillingness to believe that I am He is the fundamental sin. For God, whose name I am, 
became man that man might become God. My unwillingness to believe that I am he who causes me to breathe, to think, and to move, as well as going through life condemning good and evil as I see it, is unforgivable to God. But then comes this wonderful revelation. I know from the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean in itself, but any man who sees anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. As he lives with it, his state allows it to be seen as unclean. That's life. So this is pretty interesting. So according to Neville's interpretation of the scripture, there are two things that God cannot forgive. One is for our failure to believe that we are God and for our failure to remember who we are. And the second is actually judging things as good or evil. He says that there's really nothing that is unclean in itself, but anyone who sees anything as unclean to him, it is unclean. It is the judgment of something that makes it so. In his 1969 lecture, The Nature of God, Neville says, you are not a success or a failure, but the occupant of a state. Although you remain untouched by any state, when you enter one, you express it. Put yourself into the state of health and you must express health. Enter the state of fame and no power can stop you from expressing it. So again, there's that non-judgmental interpretation. He's saying that it's not that you're a success or a failure. You're just occupying a state. It doesn't matter what state it is, you're just expressing it. When you enter a state, you just express it. So whether it's health, fame, or anything else, when you're in the state, there's nothing that can stop you from expressing. So in that way, you're always a success of the state that you occupy. The only failure here is if you're trying to occupy a different state, but through the misuse of imagination or the misunderstanding of who you really are, or through the lack of persistence, you end up dwelling in a state that you don't really want to dwell in and outpicturing things from that state that you don't want to outpicture. In his 1959 lecture, That Which Already Has Been, Neville says, We are here on the earth as in a great schoolroom. We were not sent here to be punished, but to learn to become creators like our father. There is no original sin, for God made the decision to send me to school. In fact, I was dead. I existed only for God, the creator of the perfect system. And then came the decision to subject me to the schoolroom in the hope I would be set free in the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Given the choice, what child would go to school? But loving the child, the parents subjected to that training. How many years are taken from children's lives and given to learning? It is the same with us, only it is a vaster school. So let no one tell you that you did anything wrong in being born. These coats of skin were prepared for us they help man, the invisible reality, to become conscious. And then some certain teacher sent by God tell them of the only value in the world and that is to awake. But if in the awakening you want a better home, a finer job, better health, then try to create it. Failure does not matter, you are learning. If you persist, you will win. You create by faith. By faith, the world were made and sustained. Things that are made are made from things that do not appear. So what would it be like if you were the man you want to be? See the world as you would like to see it. 
So here he's saying that we're all here to learn from the schoolroom that is the earth. We're not here to be punished. We're here to learn and grow. And so that's why failure doesn't matter. You are learning. I really like that. It's very, I don't know, it makes me feel better about my experiences here on this planet. And certainly my attempts to learn who I am, my attempts to remember who I am, are successes. There really isn't a failure if I continue trying and learning. In his 1948 lesson, lesson one, consciousness is the only reality, Neville talks about a great way to imagine a scene so that you are actually successful in it. He says, you do not visualize yourself at a distance in point of space and at a distance in point of time being congratulated on your good fortune. Instead, you make elsewhere here and the future now. The difference between feeling yourself in action here and now and visualizing yourself in action as though you were on a motion picture screen is the difference between success and failure. And I think this is an important point to bring up when we want to be successful and avoid failure is that we think from our scenes. We put ourselves in the scenes that we imagine. We think from the end of the scene, we think from the actual scene's perspective instead of putting it out in the future or thinking from it from a distance. That's a great point. In his 1968 lecture, The Source, Neville says, when your belief becomes a fact and appears solidly real on the outside, it is because it is supported by you on the inside. The day you cease to believe in it, it will fade. For everything must be built on the foundation of belief. I believe I am a success. I will remain a success only to the extent that I continue to believe I am. The day I stop believing, failure enters and success fades. So he's saying that success is predicated on our belief that we are a success. Our belief ends up becoming a fact and appears solidly real. And that actually helps us continue our belief in it when we see it in reality. But let's say something happens and you cease to believe in it. You cease to give it that fuel, that power to harden into solid reality. Failure will enter. You'll stop being that success. You'll stop outpicturing that picture of success. In his 1959 lecture, The Only Christianity, Neville says, No matter what you are doing, can you see clearly what you want to do and carry on a conversation inwardly with a friend that will imply that which you desire is now a fact? Then do it. For on higher levels of imagining, inner activity is revealed by inner conversation. If man would listen to what he is inwardly saying, he would know what he is setting in motion. As man walks the street, if he would pause and say, what am I saying now? he would find that 99% are justifying failure. But we are told you are without excuse, for you have seen him and his work, yet you deny it. When you hear the word God or Jesus Christ, you can think of some being external to your own imagining, but there is none, for imagining is God. That is what lights every being in the world, and as you imagine, you will become. So no matter what your present limitations are, you can start now to dream the most noble dream and you can walk through this door as though it is true, knowing that your imagining is God. 
I love this one because again, it's talking about inner conversations and how our inner conversations excuse our failures and justify them. You know, it points to others. It blames others for our failures. And that's exactly what will be outpictured in our reality. So here's the thing. There is no excuse for failure because we have seen him and his work. And I have to say this, that in my reality and in my life, I have seen Neville's experiences of the law and explanations of the law come true in much the same way that he describes it. But sometimes I still fall into disbelief that I am the only operant power. And so that's when this message really speaks to me. You are without excuse for you have seen him and his work, yet you deny it. And that's the thing, that's the unforgivable sin that we talked about earlier. In his 1969 lecture, Bear Ye One Another's Burdens, Neville says, Many a man is a failure today because no one ever believed he could be otherwise. So I say to you, if you believe that there is only one being and only one cross, you will lift the cross from a seeming other. And, as Simon, follow your imagination to its fulfillment. I think this is a wonderful piece that it's not just about you and your failures. If you see someone else in a seeming failure, it's your responsibility to lift the cross from the seeming other. It's your responsibility to believe he could be otherwise. Because there's only one of us here. And if he is a failure in your consciousness, in your reality, he's rooted in you. So imagine nobly for others as well and lift people from their perceived failures through the art of imagining. In his 1968 lecture, Whom Do You Seek? Neville says, If anyone comes to you saying he is a holy man, do not believe him. Jesus is holy, for Jesus is Jehovah, he who can only be recognized through his son, as it takes God's son, David, to reveal your true identity, that of being the Lord God Jehovah. Jesus Christ, that's who you really are, and only God's Son can reveal it to you. I know the truth of which I speak, for it has happened to me. The world teaches that everything is on the outside, that your success or failure depends on where you live, the church you attend, your school or college education. This they believe because they do not know Jesus Christ, who is their own wonderful human imagination. So he's saying the world teaches that everything is outside, that you are successful or you are a failure because of where you lived, the church that you attended, you know, the school that you attended, the college that you graduated from. But don't believe him because God is your own human imagination. And don't believe anyone else who says that they are a holy man because you are God. Who could be more holy than that? I want to thank you guys for listening to my podcast episode on the topic of failure, which is one that I know we all fear. And I hope this has given you some food for thought. One, that you can never really fail because you'll be brought here over and over again on this planet to remember who you really are. Two, that the only way we can fail is if we believe that we can fail and excuse our failures by blaming a second cause, forgetting who we really are. And that's talking about acute you know, failures. It's talking about certain failures of your human 3D reality, not of ultimate failure. And three, that if someone else in your reality is failing, 
it's our responsibility and it's up to us to lift them out of that experience and into success. Thank you so very much. And as always, imagine wisely.